What's up, guys? Max here, back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great. Let me say what's up to everybody listening on the podcast. Sam, I am in the chat. Elijah, Eviana, John, Iron, Lotus, Alex, what's up? Good day to you, too. Justin, what's up? When's the Scuttlebutt going to be on AFN? Great question. Maybe uh, maybe soon. Who knows? Maybe soon out here in Okinawa. We had uh, some big news this week. Eviano was asking how I'm doing. I'm doing good. Thank you. We've got a story today about Colin Powell. You guys probably saw the, the news alerts coming up on your phone that Colin Powell passed away, COVID-related, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more coming up. I want to tell you guys I'm wearing a brand new Scuttlebutt Show shirt today, and you can check that shirt out right here at scuttlebuttshow.com, where the website is under a great deal of work and revamp and everything like that. I got it broken down to men's, women's, and accessories right now. But this is the Hunting Adventure Since 2001 shirt, which I thought just tickled me when I uh, put this one together. It's currently on sale for $22. Normally, these shirts are $25, and they'll probably be going up in price to $25 in due time. But uh, I'm wearing that one today and a bunch of new website stuff coming out. A complete website redesign coming out. Look for that. I'm putting in a ton of work on that right now. So I hope you guys are excited about it. It's going to be sick, in my opinion. Sam, what's up? My brother's funeral was today, and I still think of the hardest hitting quotes was said there today. A soldier doesn't fight because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Sam, I'm really sorry to hear that. I remember when you told us about your brother, and I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, I, you know, my heart goes out to you. I know that the scuttlebutt chat is here for you, and I'm just so sorry to hear that. Thanks for being here with us tonight. I'll be sending uh, positive thoughts your way. That's difficult, man. That's really difficult, and I'm really sorry. But I know that I can tell you that you got a community here of supportive people who um, who you can always come and check out and hang out with whenever uh, you need some company or whatever you got going on. We'll be here. Iron Lotus says, Stupid COVID has to ruin everything. I could not go to the medieval festival in Las Vegas because my stepdad is QAnon conspiracy and got infected. This world can be so stupid. That is a lot to digest. So I'm just going to leave that one as is. Sorry to hear that, that you didn't get to go. So we've got uh, tons of stuff to get to today. But let me hit you guys with the about yesterday. I know a lot of you are wondering what I thought of the new Apple computers. If you guys saw that announcement. And I'm quite frankly blown away. Pretty impressed. But am I going to get one? As of right now, I'm not planning on it because I'm waiting for them to announce the desktop. I'm, I use, sit in front of this computer, in front of this desktop, and I work seven, eight, or nine hours a day on the Scuttlebutt show and all that and my video stuff and everything that you guys know that I'm into. And so I'm waiting for a desktop computer to replace my iMac Pro. But I think if you guys are looking for a new computer, those new MacBook Pros, the M1, what is it? The M, the M1 Pro and the M1 Max, which I obviously would recommend you get the Max because it's my name, uh, are probably as good as you can get. Probably as good as you can get in the world right now with computer technology. I mean, it's totally amazing that they're able to do that. Elijah says, I have not left my house for almost a year thanks to COVID. Oh, geez. I'm sorry to hear that, Elijah. You got some, uh, maybe some autoimmune condition you're trying to protect yourself from. I know COVID out here, I, I basically have spent the last two years with my dog when my wife, when she's home from work, and that's about it. So it's been tough for everybody, except I'm lucky enough that I get to spend all this time with you guys too, and I really appreciate it. Scuttlebutt Show was born out of COVID as it exists today on YouTube, so I appreciate that. Hi, Tiffany. What's up? You're not late. You're right on. Whatever you get here is right on time. So We've got a bunch of stories to get to today, not least of all Colin Powell, but there is a ton of criminal activity going on, a ton of criminal activity that we've got to get to and talk about. Let's go ahead and jump right in to the first story that I'm going to say is a public service announcement for all of you out there. Sailor convicted in connection to shipmate's death on New Year's Day 2020. Anyone want to guess what happened here on New Year's in 2020? A junior sailor was sentenced to 30 months in the brig, which is hardly a, a worthy sentence for taking a life in connection to the death of another sailor in early 2020 in the wee hours of 2020. Hospitalman apprentice Ethan Hellums was convicted by a military jury in June of involuntary manslaughter, negligent homicide, reckless operation of a vehicle, leaving the scene of a vehicle accident and making a false official statement in connection to the January 1st 2020 death of hospitalman Thomas Adrian Dion Campbell. 
You uh, could probably guess by now this is a DUI accident. In addition to 30 months confinement, Helms was sentenced to reduction in rank to E1 bad conduct discharge. His defense attorney did not respond to emails from Military Times for comment. They were both assigned to Naval Health Clinic, Charleston, South Carolina. So the victim, Campbell, was only one of several people in the bed of a truck that Helms was driving when he crashed it into a tree aboard Naval Sport Activity Charleston at 1.15 in the morning on New Year's Day. He says that he was on the charge sheet here. He was under the influence of alcohol while driving the truck and that he quickly accelerated. At one point, I can picture this in my mind. He's like, oh, this is going to be fun. I'll do a little zoomy and, uh, and you know, shake everybody around in the back of the truck. But he's drunk. So what sounds like is just going to be a fun little thing to do that he's totally in control. He loses control of the vehicle, smashes it into the tree and kills his friend and injures someone, some other people. And the charge sheet says he left the scene of the accident without providing assistance. So it goes beyond the scope of what I can even imagine a human being doing, fleeing the accident that you just caused, resulting in injuries and, and ultimately death, and not even trying to provide assistance, which who knows, maybe could have meant that that person could have survived if he stayed behind and helped. He told NCIS later that he had left his truck elsewhere and walked back to the barracks. So he's basically trying to say that somebody else drove the truck and that he didn't cause the accident. You're not going to find much sympathy from me if you choose to drink and drive and hurt somebody. I say this is a, a weak punishment, an absolutely weak, underdeveloped punishment. He should have spent far more time behind bars. That's my you know, humble opinion is that I wouldn't have been so sympathetic to somebody who had just taken a life by choosing to drink and drive. And my tip to you guys, if you're going to drive, drive sober, drive well rested and drive carefully and don't text and drive because no one is a good drunk driver. No one is good at texting and driving. No one is good at driving tired. You just get lucky until you don't. Okay, that's all there is to it. So please, if you're out there and you're listening to this, don't throw away your life and ruin the life of so many other people by choosing to drink and drive. You certainly will not find a lot of support from the Scuttlebutt Show. Buford says, please, 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 if you're going to drink, drink responsibly or drink with your slippers on. MC, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Eric S., what's up? Welcome to the chat. Sam I.M. says, I knew alcohol was involved. Someone owes me $5. There you go. 30 months in the brig is not enough. I agree. An old firefighting museum, where was this? I never heard of one before. When are these clowns going to learn morons, Alex says. In his defense, he was too drunk to provide aid. I don't know about that. He could have called 911. He could have put a tourniquet on. I mean, they were hospital men. So I feel like they probably should have known how to uh, provide aid in his offense, I guess. On a happier note, I hope Scuttlebutt plays Back for Blood and plays the soldier character Walker. Oh, I, I got to try to check it out, but there's so many games to play. That's douchebaggery right there, Max. He deserved more time. I drive better drunk. Famous last words. Yep. Let's see. D&D is such a stupid way to get arrested with a moron. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Total dummy. Absolutely horrible. And uh, it's only one of a bunch of crime stories that we have today. But don't worry. As always, we end with a great set of stories for Justin today. We've got some really good stuff at the end of the show today, but we have some serious stuff to get to along the way, including including a bunch of stuff from Okinawa and Japan in general, which I'm super stoked to talk about. You guys know I live out here in Okinawa, land of taco rice, as another good friend and guest of the show, Jacob Rosales, said on an episode last year. If you guys don't know just a really quick plug. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I got kind of got on the subject, so I'll just go ahead and do it. If you guys are not familiar with Vet TV, and, and I know everyone has their thoughts on Vet TV, I hold Vet TV in a positive light. I think that what they're doing is fine. You know, I'm not one to get uh, too aggravated by somebody else's expression of their artistic visions or what they think is funny or whatever. I'm not, I'm never one to judge that. You're not going to find me getting my feathers ruffled about it. So I think Vet TV is doing a cool thing and they've always been nice to me the times that I've met and mingled with those guys and I've tried to work with them before and I'm still in the back of my mind planning on working with them at some point. So they are definitely cool uh, in my book. A buddy of mine, a good friend of mine, who also has been on the Scuttlebutt Show a few times, Aiden DeMoli, and you guys can go back and listen to those episodes, hosted or produced, I should say, a show on Vet TV 
starring all military stand-up comics, and it's a stand-up comedy series. So there's eight or nine episodes, and each one features a different veteran comedian. And one of those was Jacob, and he does, uh, a, we'd had a great episode together. And also, additionally, we've had four, five, maybe six of those comics on the Scuttlebutt Show, and those episodes were all from about a year and a half ago, so you guys can go watch that. And if you have seen my five minutes of stand-up on this show where I talk about uh, my my life out here in Okinawa and my marriage and all that stuff, then you know you can appreciate that. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but maybe tomorrow, maybe sometime this week as kind of a fun deal, I used to be in an improv comedy group, and I've got an entire performance of mine recorded and if you guys want to watch that, we can watch that on the show. So you guys tell me, would you want to watch my improv comedy group performance from a few couple of years ago back in San Diego? Let me know in the comments. If you reach 1 million subs, would you get a lower back tattoo that says scuttlebutt? I don't know. Maybe. Have you? Here's another question. Have you known grown men who've gotten lower back tattoos because I've known a few and I can't really understand it, but I have known a few. So let me know. Have you known grown men to get lower back tattoos? I have known a few in the Navy, uh, who just thought it was cool. They, they just thought it was cool. And also the old belly button tattoo, the sun around the belly button or whatever, like, uh, somebody's listening to one too many smash mouth songs. So let's move on to the next ep uh, the next story I should say, which is a follow-up. We've got a couple follow-ups to go over here. We've covered this one. Civilian AFI's employee pleads guilty to attempted rape theft charges on Okinawa. So he pleads guilty and he's been sentenced. We're going to go over that. A U.S. civilian worker, you guys might remember this story, pled guilty to attempted rape and theft. Roshane Joel McCoy, 25 years old of Chatontown, which is where I live, was arrested in July after a local woman accused him of trying to force her to have sex in mid-April. The theft charge stems from a separate incident in August of 2020, so over a year ago, when he was accused of taking a shoulder bag containing $7,000 in yen, about $62. The way that I understand, or I, the way that I go about my life using yen is I treat it just like it's pennies, and they just don't have the decimal point. So 7,000 yen is like $70. That's how I roughly estimate things. And if I do that, I know I'm always being more conservative because the, I'm, I'm assuming the cost is more than it actually is. McCoy, who works for an exchange store at Marine Corps Air Station Futenmo, which is in Ginawan, it's south of here, about 15 minutes, apologized during his first appearance in Naha. Naha is the big city in Okinawa, down all the way at the south end of the island. He blamed his crimes on depression and substance abuse. Here's a good part of this story, though. He's married, and his wife testified on his behalf. He says in his own words, I regret everything that I did. I promise I'm not going to hurt anyone else anymore. He was on house arrest when this assault occurred. For the, that was for the theft. So this is, um, this is a crazy story, and when people are outside protesting at Kadena Air Force Base and I can't get off base because they're blocking traffic and I'm like, come on guys, like, what's the deal? Let's let's move on with our day. They're protesting stuff like this and every one of these incidences, Okinawa being a relatively peaceful place, not perfect, there's crime here just like there is everywhere for sure, but being a relatively peaceful place when an American goes out and hurts a local Okinawan Ryukyu Island citizen, we face major backlash as a community, military style. So the rape attempt, it says, happened in a parking lot at an undisclosed location just before 6 a.m., which means he was probably out drinking all night, and that's on April 17th. McCoy grabbed the woman who was in her 30s from behind and fondled her. He then pushed her to the ground, exposed himself, and attempted oral sodomy several times, but failed because she resisted. This is a, a violent rape attempt. This is as bad as it gets. I mean, this is like, you know, this guy went out there and he attacked this woman, threw her on the ground, tried to, you know, sodomize her. If you guys don't know what that word is, means, you can look it up. Tried to sodomize her. Imagine how horrifying this must have been for her. 
The attack ended when the woman screamed. McCoy ran to his car and drove away, so drinking and driving again, and the woman called police. He was placed on house arrest on July 2nd due to the theft charge. He was taken into custody on July 15th for allegedly pushing a police officer during a uh, search of his home. He was released July 30th, but immediately rearrested for suspicion of attempted forcible sexual intercourse. McCoy's wife, this is what I was saying before, testified on his behalf on Wednesday the woman told the court her husband was a quiet and gentle person and she couldn't believe the accusations. Well, he admitted to it. The problems began when the COVID pandemic struck and McCoy became depressed as he worked two jobs to support his family and he stepped into the world of excessive drinking. She says, I know he regrets it. He knows where the problem is. He knows he needs mental counseling. She asked the court for leniency and vowed to go to counseling with her husband. McCoy will be back in court October 18th. Oh, I'm sorry. He has not been sentenced yet. I, I said before he was sentenced. He has not been sentenced yet, but a rape conviction could bring more than five years in prison with hard labor, and you do not want hard labor prison out here in Japan. I'll tell you that. The theft could get a 10 years in prison or $4,500 in fines. I know you might be thinking 10 years in prison for theft, five years for rape, but that hard labor is no joke. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I would rather spend five years with hard labor or 10 years in just regular jail. I'm not sure, but it's not a good choice either way. And the fact that he did this, even if it was a result of mental health struggles and alcohol abuse, I don't feel too bad for him at all since he admitted guilt. And you know that I am not someone who tends to side on the poor, innocent criminal. I'm usually on the side of the bystander, the civilian, the passerby who is the victim of this crime. I don't, I don't tend to consider criminals victims themselves. At the end of the day, they're the person who chooses to go out and commit this crime, to do this act, to pull that trigger, to steal that purse, whatever it is, that is a choice. That is something that somebody has to consciously choose to do. And if it's a blackout drunk scenario, they choose to get drunk. I think most people who get drunk, and this is, I'm speaking from personal experience, not me, but like, you know, in my life interacting with people, most people who tend to behave badly when drunk have a trend of doing that. They have a tendency, they have a pattern of behavior. And so every time they choose to drink to excess, they should know, and I'm sure that they do, a reasonable, a reasonable person would, that they are putting themselves at, in a situation where they can become that bad version of themselves. So that's why I tend to not really care or feel sympathetic at all when a drunk driver hits somebody, when a drunk person fights somebody, when somebody you know does drugs and commits these high crimes. I don't feel too bad for that person because at the end of the day, there is another choice to not do those things. Let me catch up in the comments here. Scuttlebutt, have you ever been to a samurai museum in Okinawa? I have not, and I'm not sure if there is one, but I have been to... In Tokyo, there's a ninja arcade where you can do sword swinging and ninja star throwing and nunchuck swinging, but it was closed when I went there, unfortunately. And then they do have castles in Japan where you can go and see old samurai weapons and gear and stuff like that. So those things do exist in Japan, but I have not heard of one in Okinawa. Sam says, taco rice. I missed that opportunity to have someone over there. It's called Beachwood Meeting House and Museum. Not, uh, I missed what that was about. I'm going to try to skip down to some other comments. Scuttle on one cheek and butt on the other, please. Oh, that's a good uh, that's a good tattoo idea. Yes, show us the comedy. Yes, we would. Don't forget to smash the like button. Oh, thank you, Tiffany. Navy right there. Who yeah. I, wa I think watching Max do improv would give me douche chills, but I definitely want to see it. I don't think so. I think you would like it. I'll prep it and maybe we'll watch it tomorrow. If we get 7K subs, would you let us see your performance? I'll let you see it anyway. We can watch it tomorrow. Scuttlebutt, have you ever been to Samurai Museum? We talked about that. I just want to see him host speed dating one night. Uh, maybe I should set that up out here in Okinawa. The protest, they like Schwab a lot. Read slower. Am I reading too fast? Do I go too fast, guys? It's a lot to get to in a one-hour time. But if you guys and if you're listening to the podcast think that I go too fast, cover too much stuff, you would like to slow it down, please let me know. The only reason to get a lower back tattoo is if you legit know someone is going to see it. Don't get one, Max. You aren't that cray. I'm pretty cray, though. There are protests everywhere, like there are corrupt politicians everywhere. Yeah, sure. I guess that's, uh, I guess that's true. Uh, let's, see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where are we at? Hard labor or, B or bosun's mate semen. Yeah. Maybe they should just sentence him to four years enlisted in the Navy as a bosun's mate. 
that would be uh, pretty good. Max is law and order. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm just. Uh, I'm not just saying. Super saying. I'm super saying that I do not feel super bad when people go out there and do these things. Uh, I feel bad for the. I I advocate for victims, not criminals. I guess. Peace and prosperity to all. Says he must have been so drunk and thought the lady was a man. Oh, interesting. Throwing him under the bus there a little bit. Uh, let's see. I never really heard of that one before. Writing that one down. You're at a good pace, Buford says. All right. Well, in that case, we can uh, we can move on because we've got like seven more stories to get to today, and we're already 20 minutes in. Some of them will be quick. Some of the stuff today is quick. By the way, guys, memberships and Patreon are open for business. If you become a member or a patron, you instantly get 10% off the online store, all the products on there, new products coming out there every day now. So make sure you guys are checking the store and seeing what's new over there, seeing what's good for you. I'm working on a lot more women's uh, items, apparel and all that stuff, all military and veteran themed, fun, have a good time, clothing and apparel stuff. And also represent for the military and you're supporting me if you go shop on there and everything on there is high quality too. Anybody out there who has a shirt, who has some gear, you could probably attest that the stuff on there is of the highest quality. I check it myself. That's why I wear it on the show for you guys before it ever goes up for sale on there. Let's see. You're doing great, Max. Tiffany says, thank you very much. So then we need to, uh, we need to move on to the next story, which is an interesting one. This is uh, sometimes... Americans, you know, go out and we commit crimes in Okinawa and give us a bad rap. And sometimes it goes the other way. Okinawa woman accused of trespassing, riding a bicycle on Marine Corps base. This is the version of Okinawan high crimes right here. This is as bad as it gets. So, uh-oh, somebody on a bicycle. Now, here's the real threat, though. Somebody was trespassing on a military base on Camp Foster, where my wife works, if you've ever been around most military bases, not maybe not some, but most of them have areas where they're protected by nothing more than a low chain link fence with some barbed wire over the top of it. And, you know, you think to yourself, this would be pretty easy to get onto. One ladder, one athletic person, you throw a sweater over the barbed wire, you climb right over it. And for the most part, that's true. These bases are not that well protected. I mean, in San Diego, along the coastlines on Navy bases, half the base is on the ocean. So you can just swim right up to the freaking thing. Now, trespassing on a military base is a pretty serious issue, though. You do not want to be going out onto military bases unauthorized. There is one or two or three entry points, and those are called the ECPs or the gates. And you are not on without, you are not allowed on without a ID card or paper saying you're authorized to go on there for work or whatever your purpose of official business is on that base. So when somebody does, they take that stuff pretty seriously. And not only that, but the Marine guards over there on Camp Foster, which is a uh, man by military police, Marine Corps, uh, and the provost marshal's offices over there where all these Okinawan crimes that the military goes through get adjudicated at, they, you're going to find yourself up against you know, some Marine Corps rolling up in uh, in their in their red and blues. They're uh, with their red and blue lights on. They're black and whites or whatever you call the, the police cars, the street slang for it. It says here, I'm just going to move on before I embarrass myself with the police lingo anymore. Oh, snap. 5-0 rolled up on an Okinawan woman who's now facing up to a year in prison or fines after she allegedly hopped a fence over the weekend and was caught riding a bicycle around Marine Corps Base Camp Foster. Now, there could be, you know... Worse, there's worse things you could be doing after you sneak on the base than riding a bicycle. But Toshiko Tyra, who was 49 years old, was arrested at 3 in the morning, which is definitely odd. A spokesman from the Okinawa Police Station told Stars and Stripes, Tyra, who is unemployed, I'm not sure exactly how it's relevant, uh, I guess to say that she had no valid reason for being on the base, told, uh, told the reporters here, she has not told us why she entered. A medical condition may have contributed to her actions as she has trouble focusing her attention and her speech is slightly off. So there could be a mental health issue here as well. Lots of crime and you know criminal activity does um, have a mental health aspect to it. It just makes sense. An, an otherwise normal, healthy person with no abnormalities, no anomalies is probably less likely to commit some weird crime like sneaking onto a military base. I don't think she had some ideology behind her act, they said. In other words, she's not a terrorist. She's not a protester. She's just someone 
who, for whatever reason, thought she should sneak onto base and ride her bicycle around. A spokesman from the installation did not immediately respond to an email request on Monday. Police alleged Tyra scaled a fence near the base's gate forward approximately 12.20 a.m. So that means she was riding a bike around for about three hours, and she was reported 10 minutes later uh, by somebody who called police saying a strange woman riding a bicycle on base. So Marine Corps Base Camp Foster is not that big. So if I'm doing the math here, she snuck on by gate four at 12.20 in the morning. By 12.30 in the morning, the police had been notified. And after 3 a.m., she got arrested. So it took three hours to find a lady riding a bike. I mean, if this was a drill for preparedness, I'd say I would have to give them poor marks. Wait till you hear the punishment for this story, though. It is unclear at this time who owns the bike she was riding. So they don't know if it was stolen or whatever. But it says here, a conviction for trespassing on a U.S. military installation in Japan under Japanese law carries up to a year in prison or less than an $18 fine. You heard that right. I said $18. Less than $18 or a year in prison. Hmm, if I had to weigh my options on that one, do I want to spend a year of my life in prison or spend 18 buckarooskies? Yeah, you can guess what I'm going to go with. It's the buckarooskies for sure. That is... Uh, that is just an easy choice there. So I hope that if this ends up actually being uh, just a a lady who was a, who was a little bit out of it, who was confused or whatever, you know, not living in reality, and she goes on to Camp Foster to ride her little bicycle around, that she doesn't get into too much trouble. So that's that story. You know, if we're going to give it, if we're going to have guys out there robbing purses and attacking women, I guess we got to get ours too and have some people sneaking on bases to get a little bit of exercise. I, I suppose that's fair, you know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's see. Let's see. Where did I uh, leave off on the comments here? What am I going to be for Halloween, Buford says. Oh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. But I am definitely going to be something. Last year I was Cobra Kai. So uh, this year is going to be something awesome. Scuttlebutt, you need to watch One Piece about pirates. It fits you since you were in the Navy and you like Dragon Ball. I don't know how any of that made sense, but now I'm curious. I think the guy should have been dishonorably discharged. Which one are we talking about? Max, which one has the macaroni grill on it? What is the, what is the question there? Soft targets, Eric says. Yeah, our live fire ranges don't have any fences around them. I don't recommend anyone trespass that way, though. Oh, for sure. Can you get shot if you trespass on a military base? Can you get shot if you trespass on a military base? You can, but it's not like you'll get shot on sight. But if you, we talked about this last week with the airman who got his car destroyed by the barricade on the base. If you are actively trying to come on base and people are trying to stop you and you don't listen, you could be shot. You could be met with lethal force. Now, if you're just on base trespassing and you get rolled up on by the, by the 5-0, by the popo, I don't think it's too probable that you're going to get shot or, or harmed in any way if, you, if you're compliant but they will definitely want to know what you're doing. They will definitely question you. They will definitely bring you into the investigator's office and try to figure out why you were on the base in the first place, what your intentions were. But if you were to pose what is perceived to be an imminent threat to government property, personnel, whatever, ships, you know, stations, trucks, whatever it is, then yeah, you could. You could be met with lethal force for sure. Looks like they upgraded the targets this week. Looking awfully realistic, Sam says. It'll be very easy to wander on Barksdale. Uh, let's see, let's see. Can you put a C-Wiz on a military base? Uh, I think you would probably use something else. I wish Andrew was in the chat to talk about it, but you would probably use something other than a C-Wiz. Maybe, maybe you would use a C-Wiz. But yes, you, you can. Uh, bases do have stuff like that, like counter-mortar systems, uh, C-RAM, and stuff like that, which do exist to protect bases. I don't know if it would make a ton of sense to have a C-Wiz on a lot of bases, but yeah, you definitely could. We actually have moving targets not on rails now. They have muzzle flashes when prompted. Oh, Sam, we talked about that. We've had that story on the show before about the uh, moving targets on tracks, the robotic ones which drive around and, uh, and engage with the people in, on the range. Yeah, we've talked about that. Three hours to catch someone. Yep, true story. Do you think it was the bike that belonged to that Air Force dude that had his car smashed by the barrier? That would be an amazing tie-in. Let's see. She got almost as much as the bro that committed vehicular manslaughter. That's a good point. Wait, is this high school? Uh, what, are, what are we talking about? They need to train better at keeping our bases safe from trespassers. Tiffany, most, I'll tell you, most bases are incredibly vulnerable 
to trespassers. And I think the primary reason that they don't get more of them is people just assume it would be harder to trespass on a military base. I actually personally and have always thought that the only reason that bases don't get attacked more or don't get trespassed on more is the illusion of security on a military base. Like, oh, we couldn't just walk on there. There's no way. When in fact, you probably could on a daily basis. Army of Vampires versus Werewolves. Who would win? I don't know, Iron Lotus. That's crazy. Save it for the Halloween episode or Q&A with those. Maybe she was just looking for a military man. Yeah, buy me a drink, girl. Hey, Max, I just came back from dinner. What's up, Ed? Welcome. Depending on base status, deadly force is authorized at times. Thank you, Corporal. Riding, riding your bike drunk is also considered drinking and driving. That's true. But it's driving. It's not a DUI. It's like a, it's like a DWI or something like that. Biking and boating. Oh, boating, I think, is a DUI. But biking, skateboarding, stuff like that under the influence, I think, is a lesser charge than a vehicular DUI. I believe, don't quote me on that, and it's probably different everywhere, but I think if I remember in San Diego, it was something, it was a little lesser, DWI or something like that. So speaking of Japan, oh man, time is flying by today. Speaking of Japan, we've got a story, a follow-up, a conclusion, if you will, to another vehicular story that we've been following. Yakuska-based officer is going to end up getting three years in prison for the crash that killed two pedestrians. If you guys remember this guy, Lieutenant Ridge Hanuman Alkanis, he was coming down from Mount Fuji where he experienced in his own claims altitude sickness and he was driving back with his family when he dozed off or passed out, crashed his tar car into a row of parked cars, which ultimately resulted in the death of two civilians and he's going to go spend three years now in prison for this. This is a sad story if everything there is true because his claim is that because they had hiked Mount Fuji, because he had been experiencing uh, altitude sickness is why this accident happened, that he, that he lost consciousness and you know, and then the defense is disputing that. So the, the, the court ultimately rejected his defense. According to Shizuka District Judge Kumiko Misawa, she pointed to Alconis's own testimony from the first hearing in which he said he had felt fine when he left Mount Fuji. That statement is inconsistent with altitude sickness, the symptoms of which typically improve as soon as a person descends to lower altitude. It is unlikely that the defendant suffered serious altitude sickness at the time, she said. And I have to say that I do agree with that. Altitude sickness kicks in when you get up to high altitude and on the walk just from when i hiked mount fuji one of the people we were with actually several were experiencing altitude sickness and when we got back down they started to feel better shortly after within a couple hours they were doing fine and it is not a, you can never say that because one person reacted one way to something everyone's going to react the same way or anybody's going to react the same way. That is for sure true. But I can just say in my own experience that altitude sickness should start to resolve shortly after uh, coming down from the altitude at Mount Fuji. It says here, even if Alconis had suffered altitude sickness, it's unlikely he would have suddenly fallen asleep or become unable to drive. Alconis and his wife, Brittany Alconis, immediately began to cry when Misawa announced the three-year sentence. I'm finding Alconis guilty, said she also considered inconsistent statements he made between the time of the incident and the trial. That's something you got to consider for sure. Uh, Alconis's failure of a very basic, important duty to stop driving once he felt drowsy. That is true. I do agree with that. When you're doing the the touch and goes, which I've done in my life and I feel so stupid for it. I've driven tired. I've driven when I'm doing the touch and goes. And I, and, and because I've done that in my life, I feel like a total idiot for it. You won't find me making any excuses. It is a moronic thing to do. Alconis and his defense have 14 days to appeal his conviction to a three judge panel at the Tokyo high court. So his family, his wife and child or children, what is it? Uh, he has, he's definitely married with kids. Does it say here how, how many kids he has? Because he was going, white, uh, let's see, wait, nope. It's, uh, anyway, anyway, it's somewhere in here. His wife and their three children. So he has three kids. He has a wife. He was apparently an all-star sailor on the, on the ship out there, had been honored for a paper he wrote, had, you know, recently the year before, something like that. And now he's going to prison for three years. I'm going to go ahead and say, 
it's unlikely he will continue to have a successful career in the Navy once that prison sentence is over. I've heard of people getting the opportunity to stay in after serving some jail time, but it's probably very low likelihood that he will ever continue his career as a naval officer and all because he passed out or or you know whatever happened lost control fell asleep drove when he shouldn't have let's just say that he drove when he shouldn't have and as a result he's facing the end of life as he knows it and for his family as well 3 years in jail two fatalities too so you got to think of the victims. He did end the life of two people, one in their 80s, one in their 50s, and that family will never get those people back. So I guess some sentence is in order for that. And if somebody's driving around, they have a stroke, they have a seizure, and they didn't know that they had epilepsy or were prone to seizures, all that stuff, that's an accident. You know, that's a medical emergency and that's a tragedy. And I can understand those things. I'm not some terrible person with no sympathy. But when you know you shouldn't be driving, when you know you're tired, when you know you're sick and you choose to drive when you could easily choose to rest, I feel less sympathy. So here in this case, it's probably a reasonable sentence that he was given from everything that it sounds like, his story changed. They, the altitude sickness thing is sh a little shaky considering that people should be recovering from altitude sickness pretty quickly after coming down the mountain. Hopefully he wasn't you know, texting or anything like that or, or maybe he was drowsy and falling asleep. Maybe he was distracted. Whatever it was, it is a very unfortunate situation and now he's going to be in jail for three years, and that's going to be that. So we do it. So we had a resolution to that story. You guys know I like to follow up on my stories. I don't like to leave them pending without conclusions. So we have that one. Let me check in on the comments here. Let's see. Let's see. I feel sorry for the enlisted in Quantico. They might as well staple their right hand to their covers. Why does everyone uh, have terrible driving? Good question. Most people are terrible drivers. Let's see. They don't even get paid for those salutes like in Pensacola. Is Sexual assault, a big thing in military prison. I don't know, Eric. I don't know that much about life inside of a military prison. Stu ASMR is a big thing there for sure in prison. Uh, Iron Lotus says, sadly, yes, and I'm not even in the military. How do you know then? Buford says, Caitlyn Jenner killed someone while texting and still won woman of the year. That's a great point. Uh, I think that that's totally BS. I think that's totally BS. Let's see. Sam says, I heard it was the Marine Reconnaissance community that was still using those firearms, but I am not sure. I am not part of that community. Stefan, what's up? One thing I've liked about, uh, I am not going to read this comment. Somebody decided to drop in and say some pro um, uh, militant group comments. I'm just going to leave those there. Stefan Skellen. Stefan, if you, uh, I don't know what your intent is, but if you're going to spam the chat, you can expect uh, to get blocked for sure. So we're going to go on because I've caught up on the comments here and move on to the next story, which I, uh, Oh, man, we are getting way behind schedule here. So let me move right on to the next story, which is German tax collectors in Bavaria get in on the act of going after American base personnel. Have you guys ever been stationed overseas? Have you guys ever had to deal with doing business overseas? Have you guys ever known somebody who's married a local national in a foreign country? Well, in Germany right now, apparently there's an epidemic going on of the German government coming after American military personnel even after they've left Germany for taxes that they don't actually owe. So this is getting pretty intense, actually. A U.S. military family in Bavaria is being targeted by German tax investigators, possibly signaling an expansion of a controversial tax collection operation to a state where tens of thousands of Americans are based. Earlier this month, Sandra Johnson, a German with a U.S. green card, opened her mail to find a letter from the Ansbach Finance Office demanding information about her husband, a DOD civilian. The questionnaire, which resembled those that have been sent to active duty military and other DOD personnel based on some 160 miles near, away near Ramstein Air Base, was the first known to have been issued to a military family in Bavaria. So they're expanding geographically, is what they mean, this attempt to collect taxes on veterans out there. Tax officials wanted to know how long the Johnsons had been in Germany. Everybody wants to know how long the Johnsons are. And they sought proof that the family intended to leave in the future. So basically, they're saying, 
oh, where are you? You've been in Germany too long. Are you planning on staying in Germany? You owe us money. You've been here far too long. You overstayed your welcome. Pay up. The tax office also told Johnson she needed to hand over her husband's U.S. tax records for inspection. Uh, and she's describing the stress that she's under as unbelievable. And I certainly would just be like, no, I am definitely not going to do that. I would go right to my chain of command. I would probably request to move back on base if I'm living out in town. And uh, yeah, not do anything with that. She said that she feels like they are basically left to deal with it by themselves. Such questionnaires have been used to collect information and eventually open formal tax cases against American military members. So that's scary stuff. The stakes for families locked in such disputes have been high. Threats of imprisonment and property confiscation, years-long court fights, and six-figure tax bills. Now, to agree with this in some regard, I bet, I do, I would bet, you know, $5, that there are Americans who have scammed out of some taxes living overseas. Americans go out, they buy properties, they get married, they shop out there, they earn income out in town, they do all of this stuff. And while protected by SOFA agreements, as they move on from their lives in that country, if they sell that property, if they do whatever, and they're out of Germany, I'd put my five bucks on the fact that the German government has been stiffed on taxes once or twice by people staying there under the military. Does that give them the right to attack other military family members for taxes that they don't actually owe? Of course not. That's scandalous as hell. The stakes for families include those six-figure tax bills. The U.S. government says the situation amounts to a violation of NATO status of forces agreement. That's what a SOFA is, which is designed to put military income off limits to local tax collectors. But so far, the U.S. government has been powerless to stop it, even though the matter has gotten the attention of Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, and Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State. While we do not comment on diplomatic exchanges, the embassy and the military commands continue to work closely in in concert to address what we believe is a misinterpretation of the NATO status forces agreement. The U.S. Embassy in Berlin said Thursday in a statement, the DOD and Department of State remain engaged and are trying to reach a resolution to this longstanding issue. It says here, German tax offices have argued that language in the SOFA treaties justifies their actions if military members aren't in Germany solely for their jobs. They could be subjected to German tax for some income on which they're already paying U.S. taxes. I bet that that in some variation is true. German tax collectors have built cases against Americans based on circumstances such as marriage to a German tour extension, property purchases, or enrollment of a child in a German school. To avoid German income tax, Americans with SOFA visas must prove they plan to leave the country, yet tax offices have continued to pursue military personnel even after they've left Germany. So I don't know. There's more here about this, but it kind of just goes into um, uh, more of an argument on to whether or not this is a just cause for collection of taxes. If it was me and I was one of those Americans, I definitely would just not pay the German government any money and then I would redeploy back to the United States and never go to Germany again. And uh, and I would wait for this whole thing to resolve under the sofa. If I unless I was wrong, if I realized like, oh, I I did mess up. I actually uh I did buy that property with my German wife. We sold it, she made $80,000 because she's German. We owe a percentage of that to the government, whatever. If it was something like that, something reasonable. You got to eat it sometimes. You got to go, oh, I guess I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have the financial aptitude. I didn't have the knowledge behind these business dealings that I was doing. And that does get people in trouble. But if it was some kind of bogus tax attack that's going on here, yeah, I just, uh, I just wouldn't be interested in paying that at all. I'd be like, okay, uh, see you later. I'm just never coming back to Germany, I guess. So good luck with that. Let's see what's going on in the chat here. Um, I missed some comments up there, but very has the best cream pie. Let's see. Thank you, Justin, for handling that comment. Max with a quick witted Johnson joke. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Is there going to be a pinning ceremony? You know, the one where you get it punched by a line of people without the safety button behind is that for Justin getting, uh, the, uh, the, the admin on here, the moderator, Max, I've also heard Germany is anti-Islam countries. I don't know about that, Ed. Um, I don't know. Germany needs to respect them. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation. So we've got, uh, let's see. Wait, Colin Powell died, Tiffany says. Did you not know? Did you not get the, the iPhone notification? 
that Colin Powell passed away. And that's our next story. I'm going to roll right into it because we are way behind schedule for today. So I'm going to roll right into this. Colin Powell dies from coronavirus complications. Tragically, sadly, he did have an ongoing battle with cancer that left him vulnerable to infections like COVID-19. And that is the complication that he was facing, which caused him to succumb to COVID or COVID-related illnesses. Colin Powell, the boundary-breaking military leader and diplomat whose sterling reputation of service to the Republican and Democrat presidents was stained by his faulty claims to justify the 2003 U.S. war in Iraq. So as you guys may or may not know, Colin Powell oversaw the American invasion of Iraq to liberate Kuwait, the desert storm, basically, uh, while he was general of the forces over there. He got out. He served under President Bush as the first African-American secretary of state. He was known to be a fairly good, you know, military representative into the political sphere. He was well respected by his peers for the most part, but his reputation was definitely damaged by what would go on to be the catastrophe that was the United States' invasion of Iraq in 2003 based off of bad intelligence that we now know was derived from questionable practices, to put that lightly. So he uh, he was 84 years old. He was hospitalized with COVID-19. He just wasn't able to recover. That's because he was undergoing treatment for, it's called uh, multiple myeloma, a blood cancer. He if for, for what it's worth, for anybody who cares, I know people are going to be asking this question. It says here he was fully vaccinated against COVID, but because of this ongoing battle he had for years against multiple myeloma, he was not able to battle infections very well in general. And so when he did get COVID, he was automatically more susceptible to serious health risks. Noting Powell's rise from a childhood in a fray New York City neighborhood, Biden said he believed in the promise of America because he lived it and he devoted much of his life to making that promise a reality for so many others. Colin Powell grew up and went in America and went to college in New York. He was an ROTC kid and he ended up joining the army as a second lieutenant. He served overseas for, I'm sure, spent years of his life serving overseas, lived through heavily tensioned racial instances in the United States while his family was living in Alabama. And, uh, and still persevered through the military, became a four-star general, became secretary of state, and always believed in the United States of America. And I got to give him a bravo Zulu for that. I think that no matter what you've experienced in America, what hardships you've been through, when you've seen how it is for other people in other parts of the world, you go, well, I'm still lucky that I'm an American. And I think most people, if they really think about it, if they're being honest with themselves, can draw the same conclusion. So you guys can do what you want with that. There was a quote in here that he said, don't feel bad for me as he's in his, uh, in his final days in the hospital. If that's in here somewhere, I don't want to go over this entire article. You guys can read more of his story on your own. I just want to cover that this did happen to him. Um, there was a quote in here. Don't feel bad for me. He had, a, in other words, he had a great life. Um, I can't find it here. So that is, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you guys can go find it. It's something about how he had this great life. He lived the American dream. He believes in the United States of America and he always did. And it is tragic of what happened to his career and so many others' career regarding Iraq. Where, again, like I said, I think it was a catastrophe what happened in Iraq. Not to say that Iraq was this great place that didn't have bad things going on, but knowing what we know now, the United States involved in Iraq was just a just a, a blank show, a poop show, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to leave that one there and just want to let you guys know. General Powell served two tours in Vietnam. Rest in peace. What's up, Ark Uncle? Yeah, he was a a great soldier by all accounts, a great American, believed in the United States of America, supported American citizens, all that stuff. All around good guy. He was 84 years old. He was battling cancer for years, but COVID eventually got into his system and uh, and something probably um, you know pulmonary related caused him to uh, to pass away. So that's a sad day. So we have the death of Colin Powell to cover here today. 
And, uh, and that's unfortunate. I wish we didn't, but here we are. Just like so many other people, his family is now reeling from another COVID death in the United States. Uh, over 700,000 people have died from COVID. And it's sad. It's really sad. Um, that's a lot of people. I, I don't, I'm not one for this whole thing about 0.2% or whatever. Uh, 700,000 people is a lot of people that would have otherwise not been dead. That's what I think. So I'm sorry for everyone uh, out there who's lost a family member to COVID. Um, it's a it's a tough fight for many families out there. And I wish everyone um, good health and prosperity as we continue to all kind of go through this and try not to get sick. Um, cool. 10 minutes to go in the hour here. I'm going to try to get through it. I've got two more stories because that was sad with, the, with Colin Powell and with five or six stories of crazy crimes going on and Americans getting taxed and unfairly in Germany and all this stuff. I've got some stuff here that's going to make it okay. All right, guys, just, you know, I've been, I've been crushing you guys emotionally throughout the show. Tensions have been high. I've been making you guys upset, but I'm going to bring it all back around and give you guys that safe, warm blanket. I'm going to swaddle you guys with a couple stories of happiness right here to make our day a little bit brighter and hope you guys get a nice night's sleep if you're back in the United States. And I've got a ton of stuff going on over here that I'm going to be getting to as soon as this episode ends. Anytime, anywhere, Guam Guard soldier rescues a drift vessel, lives up to unit motto. Look at Sergeant First Class Goombaban over here. So this is a crazy story. I came across this one crazy story. So this guy was out in Guam. And there's an interview here, a back and forth question and answer here. The first question, Sergeant First Class Gumabon, thank you for your actions the other day. What brings you out into the water? So he says, fishing has been my passion since I was a kid. Even though I always got seasick, I still loved being on the water. Three days, fishing is what eases my mind and keeps me motivated to do what I do. Oh, these days, these days, fishing is what eases my mind and keeps me motivated to do what I do on a daily basis. And the story of what he did is so brave, it's incredible. He says he was out for five hours that afternoon. He was returning to port, so his day was over. He was mooring his boat when he heard a distress call. Because, you know, boats still use distress calls, maydays. He's dead in the water and about to lose all battery power. Can anyone assist? Oh, I'm getting the chills right now. I immediately got onto the radio and asked for his cell phone number. I figured if this person's ship battery would die, we might be able to keep communicating by phone. So his quick thinking allowed him to get in touch. He called the guy out there and he called his wife to say, I'm going to look for a boat in distress. And all she responded with was be safe. Imagine making that phone call to your wife. You're done. You're home. Like how many times are these stories like this? You made it. You're safe. You don't have to go back out into six to eight foot swells that day looking for a missing boat 13 and a half miles offshore and you don't know where it is. But that's not what this uh, Sergeant First Class did. The captain of the vessel said all he could see was the governor's office. So I asked for his coordinates and plugged it into my GPS. He, he was 13 and a half miles directly west of April Harbor. I called him back and said, there is no way you can see the governor's office from the coordinates you just gave me. Are you sure? Then the guy confirmed. And so now he's like, this doesn't sound right. I'm going out into the middle of nowhere. He put the coordinates into his GPS on the phone. And if you know, whenever you've been out in the ocean on your phone, it just blew. Those blue Apple maps pop up. At 30 minutes late, so he goes out into these six to eight foot western swells. And he said he proceeded dead into them. About 30 minutes later, I get him back on the phone and ask him to send up a flare. So now he's out in rough waters at the end of the day, 13 miles away from home. He tells him to send up a flare. He's got his radar on and spotted the flare, confirmed the location. Ten minutes later, he spotted the vessel adrift. I asked him if he was okay, and with no more questions, threw him a rope and towed him back to the seaplane ramp in April Harbor. It took 90 minutes to get him back to land safely. Later on that evening, when the, uh, when the rescued boat driver called him to say, hey, I would love to meet up and repay you somehow, Sergeant First Class said, just pay it forward. And how great is that? And, you know, and, and not only that, but check this out. He took the time to take a selfie. If you're listening to this on a podcast, he's got a selfie of him towing this boat back, probably so he could go into his office the next day with his army buddies and, believe, and say, you guys are not going to believe what I did yesterday. 
How about that? Uh, let me get a Hua. Let me get a Hua. Let me give him a super legit. I got to give him that super legit dropping from the ceiling here because he deserves it. If the Chumurai is out on the prowl, I'll come and get you, he says, anytime, anywhere. The Chumurai is the name of his boat, and there's a picture of it right here on the screen. So he went out and saved this guy. What a hero. What a hero. Absolutely bravo, Zulu. A big hua to that gentleman right there, and we had to get that going. Back to the comments here. No game stream today. I'm too, I've been too busy, you guys. This show always will be the number one priority, and I'm so busy currently with everything going on. The book, the videos, the show, just life in general that uh, games are tough to get to. But we will be playing squad tomorrow. That's locked in for sure. Aiko, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Nice to have you here. Thanks for tuning in late. Aiko was out there hitting chest because every day is chest day. Uh, anytime, anywhere was also the motto of the gun, uh, the Grumman Tomcat F-14 gunfighter machine. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you, Art for sharing that. That is an awesome photo, Sam I.M. says. Yes, let's go. Bravo Zulu to him. Good job. Now, the end, I just want to end today's, uh, today's show with this one last thing, which I wasn't even going to cover until I saw this guy's little testimonial here. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen this floating around. Check this out. We salute this Army First Sergeant for looking exactly how we've all felt in the field. Look at this guy right here. Just look at him. This is, uh, this is Sergeant or First Sergeant Ken Johnson, nicknamed By God, which is, I mean, that's when I knew I was going to cover this, when I knew this guy's nickname was By God. And just look at the look on his face. Task and Purpose sums it up well with some of their descriptions. But this is definitely uh, when he looks over and sees his junior soldiers playing TikTok, or they're, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to use an MRE or loading their magazine to their weapon backwards or going, have you seen my radio? Hey, sorry, has anybody seen my radio? The last time I, the last time I saw it was yesterday on, on, the other, on the other location that we were at. Uh, no big deal, no big deal, but my NVGs are missing too. Had to give that one for Sam out there. That's the look on this guy's face right there. Just so over it in every possible way. And it gets better. And it gets better because if you go down here, and we're going to listen to this really quick, listen to this interview with uh, First Sergeant. Hopefully. First Sergeant by God Johnson, I'm out of Alpha Company, 2nd Battalion, 153rd Infantry. You couldn't make this guy up. You couldn't invent this dude. This is, this, the guy's nickname is By God. I, it's the ultimate soldier stereotype right here. I mean, every, everything. It's just so perfect that we, I had to share this. We're here at JRTC at Fort Polk, Louisiana. And uh, at the moment, we are set up just west of a village they call Margot's. And right now we are going into a defensive posture and setting up for a final showdown with Geronimo. The threat they pose, they are very good at what they do. I mean, they are well trained and... This guy was there for the battle against the real Geronimo. Geronimo makes this no less than chaotic and that's what Fort Polk is designed to be. It is excellent training because in Arkansas, very few times do we get to go and train force on force like we are doing here. It will test your knowledge and ability to think fast on the battlefield and to react to counterattacks and uh, being attacked at all angles. <laughs> when this guy makes this face, all of his troops are being attacked from all angles. They just stand by to stand by, for sure. So that was just, I, once I saw, I was like, I don't know if I want to show this video. I mean, the picture says a thousand words. Do I really need to talk about this today? But when I saw the, I only saw the first sentence of that video. And I was like, I'm putting that, that into the show today. You couldn't invent that soldier. He is like literally out of a bag of little green men. That is a soldier right there. That is like, if I, if I, you couldn't cast him in a movie. I saw things in the Task and Purpose article comparing him to Sam Elliott. Uh, I, he's like better than Sam Elliott. 
Not only because he's the real thing, but because he embodies it better than the character Sam Elliott was trying to embody. So that was just um, that was just too perfect, and I had to leave you guys with that. And it's 11 o'clock in the morning out here in Okinawa, which means we're going to wrap it up there. I appreciate you guys being here today. Thank you so much. That's going to be it for today, but I will be back tomorrow. As always, memberships and patrons are open, so you guys can click those links in the description. And head to scuttlebuttshow.com and check out the website. It's being revamped right now. It's bigger and better than ever. You guys can find brand new gear over there. And... I'm repping it all the time. Look for new photos and opportunities to, you know, jump on sales and stuff. If you are a member or a patron, remember you get 10% off the online store. All these shirts are high quality, designed by me, super comfortable. You guys go get yours today. You'd be helping me out. You'd be helping yourselves out too by getting some badass new clothes. With all that being said, I appreciate you guys being here very much. Like I already said, it's just so nice. Got to say it twice. And until next time, that's the scuttlebutt.